If something matters, you have got to make space for it in your environment. Otherwise, it will most likely shrivel up and die, or at least go dormant for a lot of years. This episode is about creating that physical space to show up and honor your callings and actually be able to do them because there's a place for them. This is the Lady Quest podcast and I am Ariel Kylie. And this podcast is for you intuitive, self-aware women who know that you have a big life purpose here on earth. Does that sound like you? Something that feels deeply meaningful to you that you want to do, create, experience, or pursue in this life. So I want to tell you a story that is based on a true story of a client of mine who was going home for the holidays. So let's call her Trudy. Trudy is a hardworking woman and it's hard to get away for periods of time to visit her family or take a vacation. So it was a big deal when she booked this flight halfway across the country to visit her parents for a week. Now she hadn't been home for over a year And so when she got there, she was surprised to find that her old bedroom had been converted into basically a storage space. It was filled with boxes and not usable as a bedroom. Now, the alternative her parents had created for her was to set up a bed on a love seat in a side room down beside the living room. So not only was this side room not private, there actually wasn't a door to it. Her bed was a love seat. A grown person can't sleep comfortably on a love seat. There wasn't enough physical space for Trudy to even stretch her body out. She would need to sleep in a fetal position. When she saw this and realized there physically wasn't space for her body, to sleep comfortably in her parents' home. She understandably felt very unwanted and unwelcome, which, as you would imagine, was related to some bigger issues in her relationship with her parents. But we're not here to psychoanalyze Trudy, are we? We're here to talk about making space for what matters. Now, compare this to the experience of dating someone. Let's say you're dating someone new. You've been seeing them for maybe a couple months. You've had a few overnights. And one night you're over at that person's house and they say, hey, I was thinking maybe I'd clear a little space for you in the cabinet in the bathroom in case you want to leave your toothbrush here. Or, hey, I I wonder if you might want a drawer in my bureau so you can leave some PJs here so you don't have to lug stuff back and forth each time. I remember when my now husband said something to that effect early in our dating and the gesture of him wanting to make space for me in his home was so much bigger than the idea of just leaving some PJs there. It was him saying, I want you here. I don't just want you here tonight. 
I want you here next week. I'm pretty sure I want you here next week if I'm inviting you to leave a toothbrush here. So having that space helped me move more fully into the relationship, helped me commit more fully to him and to what was possible for us. Space means we are welcome. And the same goes for your callings. They can sense whether there's space for them or not. Now, the kind of space you need depends on the calling. So let's say you have the call to create a graphic novel. You'll probably need a big space where you can lay your papers out, where you can draw. You might want a beautiful cup for your pencils. You might even want inspiring images around tacked to the wall near you. Once I did a little nature quest by myself in a little cabin in Topanga, California, and this was the sweetest little cabin, and it had three very special features in it. The first feature was that the bed was hanging by four ropes from the ceiling. So when you laid on the bed, it just slowly rocked a little bit. And it was so soothing and sweet. And it just made me want to lie in the bed. Another special feature was when you opened the wardrobe, on the other side of the wardrobe, there was no back to it. And there was no wall behind it. So when I first opened the wardrobe, I gasped because I could see out the back of it was just the forest. It felt like the wardrobe to Narnia, like this magical portal. The third feature that's really relevant to this episode was that it had a big drawing table and a cup of colored pencils on the drawing table. Once I saw those colored pencils in this great wooden drawing table, I just wanted to pull out some paper and start drawing. Now, let's consider the call to become a Pilates teacher. If you want to become a Pilates teacher, you're going to need a different kind of space. You'll probably want a really nice space on the floor where you can put down your mat. You might want a lovely basket full of your props. You definitely want space that makes it feel welcoming to show up and practice your Pilates and design your routines. You also might want space in your closet just for your Pilates clothing. So when you go to that shelf or you open that drawer, you feel inspired to dress for this calling. Now, a lot of the people I work with through LadyQuest, their callings aren't as tangible or kind of literal as those. For example, someone might have the call to activate or awaken her inner queen. Maybe she's just felt like a maiden or a servant her whole life, and she wants to awaken her inner queen energy. Then you would tune in and ask your inner queen, what kind of space does she want? Yeah, you should probably buy a throne. It doesn't have to look like a literal throne, but some chair that feels throne-like to you, that feels queenly. And there could be other queenly things you want to put in your space. Maybe you have a side table with a tea setting on it for your queenly tea time in the afternoon. Depending on the kind of queen you want to awaken, you might also have a giant sword. So when you say off with their heads, you can just do it yourself. I mean that symbolically, of course. 
Now, another less tangible calling, well, until the baby comes, would be the call to motherhood, which is a call I have. In this case, I don't need a space in my home to do it. Well, (laughs) you actually might need a space to do it if you're trying to become a parent. That's not what I'm talking about. Although, I do think having an amazing bed if you're trying to make a baby is important. And me and my husband did recently upgrade to a king-size bed and upgrade our bedroom, which does feel like an important part of becoming parents. But anyway, that is not where I meant to go. I meant to go creating an altar to a calling like this can be a really cool way to make space for it and to honor it. If you think of an altar to motherhood, it's like, is there a figurine of a pregnant woman. I've been really into images of nests and eggs. Got a painting of a nest with eggs in it. I have um, these different eggs that are rattles and this other little miniature nest that my friend Emma sent me with these three tiny eggs. And there are other items that we've collected for this kind of shared altar space around fertility and around parenthood. And so that's a really beautiful way to make space for it and to bring symbolic objects into your environment that speak to you maybe on a more subconscious level. And on that note, I was recently listening to a podcast where a woman who was of a more mature age, fertility-wise, was doing an IVF cycle. So she was doing a cycle where she was, they were going to take eggs from her ovaries to try and make embryos to make a baby with her partner. And she knew she had a low follicle count. So she knew she wasn't going to get a whole lot of eggs, but she drew on her mirror with a dry erase marker, two perfect eggs. And she just had them on the corner of her mirror, these two perfect eggs. So she wasn't, she wasn't like praying to them. She wasn't bowing to them every day. But when she was in the bathroom, she would see them. They would register with her on some level. And that cycle she did, that IVF cycle, she got two perfect eggs. That was it. No low quality eggs. She got two perfect eggs and wound up, I think, with two healthy, normal embryos, and at least one baby. So she just made a little space on her mirror for this. And from her reporting, she believes that is what was sending a message to her body to produce those two healthy eggs. Now, some people live in a small apartment or smaller space, and it's hard to have a devoted, dedicated space for their calling that doesn't double as something else at other times. In this case, one member of Lady Quest came up with a brilliant solution. She got this beautiful tray and she had the call to write, to work on her writing. And so she got this beautiful tray. On it, she had a stack of inspiring books she was reading about writing or just great books that helped inspire her writing. She had her other tools for writing, whether it was like a notebook and a great pen So when she wanted to write, she would take this tray to the kitchen table or wherever she wanted to write and be able to have this pop-up calling space wherever she could work that day. That's such a great option if you don't have a ton of space. Create a tray, a movable tray devoted to your calling. On the other side of things, sometimes your calling needs a lot of space. 
For example, renovating your home. One lady in LadyQuest is so good with woodworking and building that she has taken on buying and renovating her own home. If this is you, your whole home is your calling space, but how you go about designing it can affect how you feel about it. So in that case, you could make sure where you put your tools feels like it really honors and cares for those tools. It makes them easy to access. They're laid out in an appealing way. Where you have your work boots and your work gloves, those things, you can set them with a lot of care in a place where when you're putting them on, you're really stepping into the ritual of this calling of working on your home. So it feels more uplifting and it helps take the hardness out of it. I mean, it's going to be hard, but it, it infuses it with another spirit. You know what I mean? And sometimes you need to make digital space. For example, let's say you want to make a collection. You have a call to make a collection of photographs of mushrooms and you want to ultimately show your mushroom photography in a gallery one day. In the meantime, instead of just slapping your favorite images onto your computer desktop or into a folder, just a basic folder, what about downloading a great program that helps organize your photography, that presents it in a beautiful way? Like make that space on your computer a space that really honors the call. So when you go in there and you flip through the photographs, it feels really good to engage with them. Now, finally, next level bonus option, rent or find a space separate from your home that's entirely dedicated to your calling. Rent an art studio. Build a writing shack in the woods. Sometimes it's necessary to craft that space that's outside of your home to really do your calling justice, or it might be something to work toward in the future. Hopefully at this point, you get the idea of what it means to make space for what matters. Now, you also might be having some thoughts of resistance around this. And if you are resisting making space for what matters or making space for a calling, I invite you to question why. Are you ashamed of it? Would you be embarrassed if someone else saw it? Does it feel scary to give it space? Like if you give it space, then it means it's really important to you. If you feel resistant to making space for your callings, That's an even bigger reason to go forward and do it. Remember the beginning when I told you the story of the woman who went home for the holidays and she didn't have a good space to sleep? If your callings don't have a space in your home, they won't feel welcome there. And if you don't have the visual reminders of your callings, and especially a visual reminder that makes it appealing to do them, you're going to keep ignoring it and putting it off day after day. Now, I love that book, Atomic Habits by James Clear. And in this book, he talks about the habit loop. And the first part of the habit loop is Q. The whole loop itself is Q, craving, response, and reward. 
But the cue is when you see something and it awakens your senses and it triggers wanting for you, which is the next one, craving. But you need to see the cue. So if we think about this just as a cookie, let's say you're walking by a bakery in New York City. They're pumping the smell of fresh baked goods out onto the street and you see a big ass cookie in the window that looks delicious. My mouth is watering just making this example. There are a couple of cues going on there. The smell of the cookie is a cue and the sight of the cookie is a cue. What those do is they awaken the craving. Oh, I want a cookie. And there could be a physiological response like my mouth watering right now. After that comes a response to the craving, which is, are you going to go in there and get a cookie or are you going to keep walking? And after the response comes the reward. So let's say you do go in there and get the cookie and you eat it. You're going to get a little sugar high. You might get a little dopamine rush and there's a reward that makes you want to go get the cookie again next time. Now this can be tricky because we can go through the habit loop with things we don't actually want to keep consuming. This happens so much now with people and their phones and their technology. It's like your phone is right there on the table. You walk by it and so you pick it up. Cue. Then there's a craving. It's like, well, what's happening on that social media platform? You go in there, you satisfy the craving, you respond to it by taking action. That's the response. And you do a little scrolling. Maybe you see something you like. You're like, ooh, a sexy picture of Kate Moss from the 90s. And there's this reward. And yet the whole thing leaves you kind of hollow. That's when you want to learn to interrupt the cycle of cue, craving, response, reward. But that's a different episode. Today we're talking about using this habit loop to your advantage to pursue your calling. So that means the space you make for your calling is a cue. Just like that beautiful drawing desk was a cue for me in Topanga. It made me want to go sit down, pick out my favorite colored color pencil and start drawing. So the space you make for your callings helps you show up and actually do your callings. Does that make sense? Okay. I am certain at this point that you got the idea here about making space for what matters. So I want to give you an invitation. And my invitation to you is to think about right now what really matters to you that you haven't been giving space in your environment. And why haven't you been giving it space? And if you were to make space for it, and not make janky little half-ass space, really honor it, make space for it in a beautiful, even sacred feeling way, what would you do? Where would you make that space in your environment? Where would it be? What items would you need to acquire or purchase to make that space work? 
What might you adorn the space with? What symbolic or inspirational objects or images would you bring to the space? And how might creating that space help awaken the part of you that wants to pursue that calling and help you activate it every single day? Because if we go back to the habit loop, what's going to happen, let's say you want to write the graphic novel, when you create that beautiful art desk for yourself, and you have the cue, you see it, and you have the craving, I want to work on my drawing, and you sit down, and you have the response, you take action, you do some drawing, at the end of that, that reward is going to be so much better than a sugar high. When you see what you drew that day and you feel the feeling of I showed the fuck up for what matters to me, that is a reward. That is the stuff that makes life worth living. So will you go make your space now? The spirit of your calling has a life of its own. And think of how happy your calling is going to be when you make beautiful space for it. Now go forth and do it. Hey, if you like this podcast, you will love the LadyQuest program. Join my newsletter through the link in the episode description if you want to learn more about LadyQuest, my one-on-one coaching work, and get invited to transformational workshops I teach on a regular basis online. Also, if you want to make my day, you could leave a five-star review for this podcast. Thank you so much for being a part of my world, and I look forward to being with you again very soon.